Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETF for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focused Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Basante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Okay, guys, how are you? Good, Larry. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Okay. Good morning, guys. Okay. Um, on Friday, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell knocked down the idea that the Fed would soon stop raising interest rates. He said that the Fed would not flinch in tightening credit terrain and inflation, even at the risk of a recession, and that people would likely experience some pain. The Dow Jones Industrial saw 1,000 points on Friday and another 180 points yesterday. Last week, you basically predicted that this would happen. In light of all that, what's your view on Powell's statement? So I, mean, I don't think anything that Powell said was really out of line. And I was a bit surprised at the magnitude of the move on Friday, because realistically, it shows that a lot of market participants had actually believed that the Fed had made some type of dovish incremental pivot. And if you look at the actual data of underlying expectation of rate hikes throughout the course of time, there really wasn't any significant decrease in the number of uh, rate hikes that were expected out of the Fed. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari actually came out and said he was surprised and a little bit thrown off by how the market had reacted to the last Fed statement, not Jackson Hole, but the Fed statement before that, where the market really shifted and uh, interpreted Powell's comments as dovish. And I think it is a bit short-sighted to believe that the Federal Reserve is going to stop hiking rates with inflation just at 8.5%. And the only reason that inflation backed off on a month-over-month basis was gas prices, accounting for 59 out of the 60 basis points of the decline. Now, what may actually happen is the 50, 75 basis point rate hikes will stop as of September. And it wouldn't really shock me, and again, I'm not really making the prediction about this because there's still time and space between the meetings. It wouldn't really shock me if the Fed came out with a really... Uh, hawkish rhetoric, and then only cut by 50 basis points because inflation has sequentially started to stair step lower. It most likely will continue to do that as we get into next year. But you, it, it, at this point, if you are thinking that the Fed is going to make a, a dovish pivot before inflation gets below 5%, I think you need to check your really uh, analysis of everything because I don't think that the Fed is going to stop raising rates until we get inflation below that. And I, re I really think what the most likely outcome is, is the first central bank that's probably going to pivot is going to have to be the European Central Bank. Because if you look at German inflation, uh, the cost of energy over in Europe, it's skyrocketing. And it's going to throw Europe into a much deeper recession to the point where um, it may be like a 2015, 2016, the US economy is kind of like treading water Back then, we stayed in positive territory. Right now, we're obviously, we've had two consecutive negative quarters of GDP growth. But you could see things in Europe get much worse because of these prices before they get better. The ECB is going to pivot before the Fed is because of how negative the uh, economic data in Europe is likely. Absolutely. And, you know, markets never discount the same news twice. And I felt that that's what they were really doing last Friday. Um, you know, it was a lower volume type of, you know, a lot of things you could go into the ex explanation of what happened, why it happened. Um, but you are getting into the rough time of year. 
And, uh, you know, we'll see when the volume comes back in, in a couple of weeks now. And uh, not even a week and a half, something like that, when, when market participants really pick up. And uh, I would expect that, you know, you have some volatility here. But what's interesting is, again, markets never discount the same news twice. And that, to me, was like kind of no crap type of moment. So I, I was shocked at that. Yeah. And you're seeing the Fed do different things than they're saying sometimes, because quantitative tightening was supposed to start. And again, that just involves letting the assets they have run off the balance sheet, not necessarily selling things quite yet. Um, especially on the treasury side, but really quantitative tightening hasn't really started. You haven't seen any decline in you know the Fed's balance sheet that's been meaningful or material. So the Fed is kind of doing one thing and saying another. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if some of these metrics actually change. Okay. Well, you guys, in, in light of that and recession and all that, you guys made a correct call when you said we were in a recession before the government made it official when it said GDP growth was negative in the second quarter. So the second question comes from Nicole in New York City. She wants to know what are the signs of recession and why doesn't it feel like one? And in light of Paul's comments, what should we be expecting in the next few months? Well, look, you know, a technical recession is two negative quarters in a row of GDP growth. And that's what we continue to feel that we would have seen. Okay, so all the data feeds we get, all the input, all the analysis that we do internally we kept feeling that, you know, we would see a technical recession. Now, you know, the government says, don't believe it, blah, blah, blah. You know, macroeconomics 101 teaches us that that's a true recession. Now, what we have learned from the past is that everything is different each time, right? So I think this could be a longer, shallower recession than we're used to. Uh, You know, obviously the last one in COVID March was very quick and very shallow. I think this can be very shallow and light, but maybe a little bit longer time-wise, you know, maybe four quarters, uh, technically, uh, of recessionary type of environment. Now, look, different areas feel different, right? I mean, New York City, Larry, you're there right now in the summertime. Uh, it didn't look too good before the summer. And now, you know, I know there's a lot of tourists back, but certain streets, you know, have a lot of uh, retail locations that have closed up still. And, uh, you know, retail has been tough on its own. So you could live locally anywhere and really feel that things don't look as good as they are. Um, look at the data, though. You know, look at the earnings. Yes, things are weakening up. Things are softening. You know, not as bad. Don't forget, this is the first time. This is the first time in 15 years that you know the central bank is starting to get out of the picture, right? So the training wheels are off the bike or coming off the bike, and you got to ride the bike on your own. And that in itself is a very large sea change globally. Uh, to where you know, does the Fed put still really exist? Probably, but at what magnitude? And, you know, obviously they're willing to absorb some pain to fight, fight these inflationary numbers. Now, we know that real estate was, you know, is, is, is softening, right? The data points show that. Uh, we know that, you know, 40% of, uh, of inflationary of the CPI is directly related to housing. You know, at what point are they also looking at equities and, uh, you know, the growth that you've had there over the past 12 years? And the inflation that that causes by the wealth wealth effect in itself. So, you know, when you couple all these things together in the run that we've had, the rebound that the economies have had since the depths of 09 and the light depths of COVID, um, you know, I, I really don't think that being down 10, 15 percent on the S&P 500 is that bad at this juncture. Does it get worse before it gets better? Probably. Again, seasonal time of year, looking ahead. You know, I would expect to maybe go back to those lows or, or close to it. Maybe not that to the lows, but I would expect to go back a little bit 
And then let's see what the first and second quarter data-wise and earnings-wise uh, bring next year because earnings drive stocks. And you know, if you can buy in this environment, uh, good companies at a discount, good bonds at a discount, and you're willing to get the coupon and get paid, and you're willing to you know, uh, buy good companies at, at good, good rates, um, now's the time for long-term investors. Yeah, what's really interesting is what you just said to some degree about the wealth effect of the markets and the comment that I made earlier about Cash Carry saying that he was a bit thrown off and surprised at the market's reaction to Powell. It's almost like the, the Fed is trying to make sure that the market doesn't run away from itself because that is one wealth effect mechanism of certainly fighting inflation that they don't necessarily talk about, which I think is important and kind of has to be acknowledged to some degree. And you know, a lot of the data and the metrics that we look at is right right now pointing continuously to a shallowish type of recession, but one that's long and lingering. I mean, the other, the the, the one area that is concerning to me, but it's hard to really decipher, is that the yield curve is very inverted. Really, the most it's in, been inverted, like almost ever. You're you're talking about more inverted than the financial crisis. So. Does it get worse before it gets better? Is there something else out there that we don't necessarily know about yet? Does something in Europe get worse or is it something else? It's, it's, it's hard to tell, but it's impossible to ignore the yield curve inversion at this magnitude right now because during COVID, it was inverted, pre-COVID, it was inverted for a couple of days and then it just, it, it, the uninversion and the steepening of the curve showed that there was going to be some significant growth that came in from pent up demand in the back half of that. You're not seeing that now. So no. there's, it's going to linger for a bit. It's hard to yeah. tell how deep in magnitude it gets, though. I think something else bad has to manifest to really push economic growth well into negative territory. Because right now, it's more of a removal of excess that wasn't sustainable than anything else. Yeah. Well, in the uh, second quarter, GDP fell 0.6%, which is a pretty small number. So what, what are you seeing out there that's, you know, a fig, that is a symptom of a recession? You know, teams that a lot of people are doing just as well. Things are going well. People are spending money. So are we seeing any real signs? Yeah, it's, you know, like, like I alluded to before, right? Every time is different. So I think you can have a technical recession and you can have, you know, technical earnings being less than they were. Um, the consumer, which makes up you know two thirds of the U.S. economy, uh, right now is in relatively good shape. Um, so they have pulled back. The higher you know, the higher uh, consumers have traded down. I mean, you see it in Walmart sales. You see them backing away from luxury goods um, slightly. So uh, you know, this this is a trade down economy that we're in right now. And so I think that. Again, if you're in retail, that's really rough. I mean, uh, you know, came back from the U.S. Open and drove by some large box stores yesterday and parking lots were absolutely empty, um, really amazingly empty. So, you know, the, the push towards online, the trading down in retail, that's one aspect of the economy. Housing, you know, aside from the demand from the shortages, obviously, uh, you've seen a lot of people backing away from closings. Um, so I think that, and, and then look at the market, you know, again, down 15% on the S&P 500. I think if we look at these figures, um, that's where you're seeing the pain right now. Uh, give it time into the winter. I think that the fuel prices, depending on where they're at, could obviously uh, be more impactful uh, to consumers. We're seeing that in Europe right now. 
uh, astronomical uh, electricity bills and here too, but not as bad as Europe. But um, so I think, yeah, you know, in 09, look, we all felt it because it got so deep, right? And uh, the strong labor market, uh, strong jobs, uh, you know, people still looking to hire. I think that's been the buffer why people don't feel as bad that they know they can get employment right now uh, fairly easy or even switch jobs fairly easy. Okay. Well, great, guys. Thank you very much. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com. And we'll be back next week. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.